the leaves are changing. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I have some very lovely ladies here from the YWCA to talk about domestic violence, the signs, services, housing, your options, all of the help that is out there. And many of us grew up thinking that the Y was about recreation. I actually took swimming lessons at our local Y as a kid. But they're doing so much more for our community. With that in mind, let's say hello to our guest, Latoya Shepard. She's the Director of Victim Services. Good morning. Good morning. Julia Kendrick, Transitional Housing Program Coordinator. Good morning. Good morning. Fatima Adawi. Good morning. She is the immigrant and refugee advocate. Ladies, I'm so excited that you are here today. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. We get to chat like chicks. (laughs) It's a very important month. Yeah, this is one of our most favorite times of the year as well. October has so many great things that you mentioned. But for us, that domestic violence awareness piece, it's it's so important. It's that time for us just to kind of amp up our community education, the awareness piece, and just just letting people know that there's help out there and what the signs are. And how do you describe domestic Domestic violence. I think a lot of people have this picture that it's the husband beating on his wife. It happens on both ends. We have male clients that we work with and we have women victims that we work with as well. I like to say that domestic violence is definitely that power and control that one asserts over, over someone else. There's many, many different definitions, but that is like that easiest my, my go-to that I like to explain to people. So that could be your physical abuse. It could be your emotional abuse. It could be beating you up inside, you know, telling you that, that you're not worth anything, that you're worthless, that you know, no one's going to want you. It could be that financial abuse and sexual abuse as well. So it definitely comes in many different forms and um, in fashions as far as domestic violence. And do we see any trends with COVID and now that COVID is, is basically moving on out. We're about getting ready for the holidays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when the pandemic first hit, um, we noticed a a severe decrease in in numbers of clients coming forward and reaching out for those order protections and for the advocacy and things like that. We think that it's it's probably because of just people losing their jobs, being scared of what was going on, you know, just being scared to go out in the community. Also, abusers being at home all the time. And so it was hard for victims to be able to reach out or to even get out of the house to go get services. But now, Fast forward, and now that we're, what, two, three years into it now, um, we are seeing that they're coming out. And they are, um, from what we're hearing, that, yes, there was things that were happening then, but they just were unable to get out of the house or to have that telephone to call and, and seek services. I'm sure that they're scared, too. Oh, yeah. So uh, oftentimes, I mean, they're afraid of just like, is he going to see that I've called this person on my phone? We have victims who they say that their abusers track their their mileage. You know, sometimes they only are given enough gas money to get the kids to school you know to work and home so it's it's just that fear that fear of what will he do or she do if they find if they find that I have reached out to this agency for help and so what should they do what should be the first thing someone does who thinks they are being abused emotionally or physically yeah so I think probably the first thing would be to do is you know when it's safe for them to definitely um, reach out they can either reach us by phone they can call our main number which is 865-523- 6126, or they can come down to any of our locations. We have a location downtown, which is 420 West Clinch Avenue in Knoxville. Very visible. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We have our Oak Ridge location, which is 1660 Oak Ridge Turnpike that they can come to. And uh, we also have advocates that sit at the Knox County Family Justice Center and also the Anderson County Family Justice Center as well. Mm -hmm. There's many different ways that they can reach out. 
But if they are in a very, um, I guess, brutal or violent situation, if they can reach for help, they should probably call 911. Absolutely. Call 911 first, get the help, and then 911 has lots of different resources that they can give them in that moment. Let's get Fatima on the mic now because we're talking about people and being afraid to come forward. And you being the immigrant and refugee advocate, you probably even have more people that you work with that have been extremely afraid to come forward. Uh, absolutely. My my clients and during the, uh, the time that I served at the YWCA, uh, I noticed that there, the, my, uh, ad, my victims suffer uh, additional barriers. Addition, they have more fear uh, because of the language barrier, because of the cultural barrier. Sometimes uh, they are not, they're undocumented. They don't have the legal or they don't have the uh, appropriate documents to show that they are, they, uh, they are residents of the United States and they are afraid that they be deported. Uh, these are the, uh, the, the barriers that uh, some of my clients are, uh, or that hinders my clients to report, report uh, abuse. Um, so uh, how can we break those down or how can we get and assure them you can come reach for help? Education is the key here. That's why part of my role is to go out to the community and educate uh, women and, wem- and men, uh, immigrants and refugees, about their rights. Uh, if a woman is abused, she has the right to report the abuse. And uh, there are some programs that the U.S. Uh, government has uh, specifically for these victims that ca- they can apply for and they- to adjust their status uh, as long as they are a victim of domestic violence. And you work with a lot of community partners. Yes, I'm so fortunate to have some uh, community partners that help me in the process of uh, getting my victims the help they need. I have partners that are like in the legal system. They can help with uh, legal consultations. Uh, Most of the time they do it for uh, free or for discounted rate. Uh, There are some other partners, especially faith organizations. They help financially. Uh, They help providing housing until they get the transitional housing that we have in our uh, in the YWCA that I can just uh, they can just move on to the housing so uh, in that transition they need place to stay if they live in abuse or mm-hmm. they flee in abuse with the help of these partners we get them where to stay like a hotel room or and then we look for shelters while working on their uh, on their application to get to our transitional housing and so do you go in and speak to different groups? That's what I, uh, uh, sometimes I go to ESL classes where immigrants and refugees go to learn English. Mm-hmm. And that, they're where I'll teach about uh, healthy relationships. And when I talk about healthy relationships, and uh, we, we know that where, where there is violence, domestic violence, there is inequality. So I, um, the main thing I, uh, I discuss during my visits most of the most of the time, I talk about inequality in in the household, mm-hmm. which is it doesn't imply that there's that uh, perfect uh, division of property. No, it is uh, inequality means that there is no room for or there is no space for negotiation. The uh, where we have equality, there is there is fairness, there is. Uh, uh, a mutual respect. That's what I try to teach these women and men when it comes to healthy relationship and how healthy relationship looks like. I'm sure it's scary because if you're coming from another country, you're not familiar with the people, the culture here. And if your partner is not being cooperative or, you know, I guess supportive of you, 
Yes, uh, when have, there is help out there. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. We, they can they can reach out to us. They can call the numbers that Latoya uh, gave, and uh, I will be happy to meet with them uh, in the place where they feel safe. Mm-hmm. They they don't have to call the police because sometimes if they they know that they're not uh, they don't have they they're not documented. They're afraid. That's one one of the main reasons that that keep them from uh, reporting abuse. Uh, having that contact with law enforcement, so I can meet them where they have they feel safe, and uh, we can uh, just walk the, through the the process until we get them to the, where they need to go to be. And Julie, is that where you come in? Yes. Yeah, so once our clients have connected, I don't like to say a victim; I like to say client because mm-hmm. once they come to us, they're on their road up. So they feel uh, one of our biggest mottos with the YWCA is we believe you. So once a client is referred to me, maybe through one of our court advocates or just one of the other workers or someone in the community, then we start working fast and hard to help them get to a safe place. And so they know that they're coming to a place that they're loved and cared for and valued, and they feel that. Um, and so what we do is many times, you know, people say, why, do, why don't they just leave? Well, think of the financial piece, because along with the maybe the physical or emotional abuse, a, a client has been held back from even having a job. So here you go. You've got three kids, maybe, and you're going to leave in the middle of the night with no support. Where are you going to go? And so that's where all of our partners come in. If a client cannot go to a family or friend, then we connect them with shelter, and then we start working them into housing of their choice. Mm-hmm. So we provide housing through six counties, and so the client gets to select where they want to live. In other words, we start giving them their power back. We let them make the choice of what they want to do. What is their path forward? And we just have tons of community partners, thank goodness. If Like once we maybe start moving them out of shelter into a permanent residency, then we have partners that provide uh, household items for free. I have a partner that helps with utility deposits, which stretches my budget dollars. And so we just have tons, thank God, of resources and people around us that help that client be successful. And I'll give one little quick example. I would love it. Okay, (laughs) I have one gal. um, I won't say what her her abuser's occupation was because I don't want to go there. But anyway, she wanted to be a nurse. She started nursing school while I had her housed because we can serve them with housing with the rent assistance from six months to two years. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on their situation. But we connected her with Career Center, who uh, funded her fuel stopping each month for her to go to school. They bought her scrubs, her stethoscope. She got grants for going to college. And so by the time she exited my program, she had a voucher to help with her rent until, you know, until she didn't qualify anymore. Mm -hmm. And she was working full-time as an RN. So she, that was her dream, and she met that dream because of services of the YWCA. Mm-hmm. You love to hear success stories like this, and hopefully that will inspire other women to come forward and say, you know, I can do this. I can get out of this situation. You know, there are many different reasons why victims stay in relationships. And, and I, you know, I'm not for sure if you're familiar with this, but it could take a victim up to seven times to leave and go back and leave and go back before they actually, you know, leave their abuser. You know, you may have a, a, a colleague, you may have a family member, you know, it could happen to anyone. And some of the signs to look out for are those physical, the physical signs. And of course, that's your your black eyes or your, you know, scratches, your unexplained injuries. Some people try to cover, you know, injuries up with makeup and some people just aren't, they're not allowed to go to work and things like that or church or, you know, just any of that type of stuff just to keep the community and your peers from knowing what's going on. Also, the emotional things. So if you start to see that, you know, someone is um, 
they used to be on time for everything and now they're late for everything or they're making excuses as to you know why they can't come um you're noticing that they have a lot of anxiety now or maybe just overly agitated you know things like that those are all those signs of you know um could be signs that you know there's something going on and then uh, the other big one i want to point out is isolation so a lot of times abusers will definitely isolate their victims whether it's making them lose their job uh, making them quit their job making them um, lose their friends yes their friends their family members um their adult children things like that so um so all those things you know just if you if, if you start to see someone that is exhibiting those signs um, maybe, you know, when they're not with that, with their partner, maybe just take them to the side and ask them, you know, if they're okay, you know, is there anything you could do to help? And we have cards and we have resources and we have lots of different ways that, um, clients can contact us and we would be happy to be able to safety plan with them, do a danger assessment just to let them know their level of danger if they continue in that relationship, if they go back, things like that. And just, you know, be there to just hold their hand and to believe them and, just letting them know that, hey, we're here. You have someone on your side. These are the lovely ladies over at the YWCA here in Knoxville, by the way. And let's give the number again, Latoya. Yeah, so it's 865-523-6126. Good morning, and welcome to East Tennessee Now. 